0: The Own Your Intuitive podcast is for the creatives, spiritual entrepreneurs, and light workers in the world, the shining ones who have been told to dim their light and stop believing in magic. I say screw that. The time to rise is now, to bring your gifts out into the world in a big way, creating a business that feeds your soul and your bank account. You are a magical being with the potential to change the world, one human at a time. The time for you to own your intuitive is now. Happy Friday, magical beings of love, light. I am so excited because today I have as a guest someone that I met actually. Over a year ago, we kind of crossed paths at an event in San Diego, and you were really important in my journey, and you probably don't know this. I don't he know even saying that just. I know, somewhat, like it just fills me up with a little bit of emotion, because I was in a bit of a crisis mm-hmm. at that event, and I'd gone up and done my 126 talk, and you pulled me aside. And, you know, said, thank you for doing that talk about mental illness because, you know, it had, you know, impacted you in some way in your life. And your time that you took to say that to me was really, really, like, I'm so grateful because I was having, Mm. I was having a time at that place. And so I know that you're in this world to do a lot of magical stuff. And I know that you do a lot of magical stuff through retreat. And I'm just super jazzed to share your story with the listeners today and what brought you into standing so fully in your stardust. So welcome Darla Ladoo. To the podcast. Thank you.
1: And thank you for sharing that. And I really uh, admire the way you lead so transparently. You know, we had a series on our podcast called Transforming Out Loud. And it's such such a inner journey to get to the place of really sharing what's going on and we never know what's really going on for someone behind the scenes that we think has it all together you know and they're you know they've got it going on and we've all got stuff so thank you for sharing that
0: So true. And like, and that's why I think it's so valuable and important to share how we get to where we are today, because it's not a beautiful linear line of like, oh, look at all the success I'm having. Looking how easy this was. There's always twists and turns and, you know, obstacles and things that come at us from the universe. And, you know, whether we're aware of the lesson or the gift, it's always a beautiful journey. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. So, as an introduction, as you had said, you were listening, you know, my favorite question to start is just simply your origin story, Darla. What, what brought you onto this earth and into this universe? <laughs> well,
1: we can speculate about that based on my childhood experience, but I'll tell you, you know, a bit about what brought me to this work. And specifically, I work with um, service-based entrepreneurs who are coming from a heart-centered place they're somewhere on their spiritual journey. So um, they may be fully operating with a commitment to their intuition, or they may be really in the left brain logical linear world and considering opening up more of their spiritual side through their business. Mm -hmm. And I work with them to create small retreats as a part of the way they do business. So we um, look at you know, what are their skills and gifts and talents that they can use on retreat that maybe they aren't using in the way they're doing business now. And it really helped them transition into groups and all of that. And um, the reason that I do that, it kind of was by accident because I had a client, I I started doing retreats and I loved it. And then I had a client say, you know, gosh, every time there's space in your program, you just bring in like five new people. How do you do it? And uh, the obvious thing was, well, I hosted a retreat and people want to work with me. Um, and I never thought about teaching that. So, that's kind of how I came to teach this specifically around retreats. Um, but how I, uh, how I started doing them is my life was changed on retreat. So, I say I'm a recovering engineer. Um, I grew up in Tower, Minnesota, population 502 Oh, my goodness. And yes. And um, I was good at math and science. So my math teacher said you should be an engineer. Like, if you can, you should. I didn't know what an engineer was. No one in my uh, you know, immediate family had gone to college, let alone knew what an engineer was. <laughs> so right. I just took the advice because the thing that I knew was I wanted to get out of there and make something of myself, right? So... Um, I became an engineer. I worked at Procter and Gamble, one of the top companies for engineering, um, in the world at the time. And I really, really loved it until I didn't. And it was like, I, I loved, you know, being a young engineer and a woman engineer and like having this, um, sense of authority (laughs) working for this company. And I, I, loved all of that, um, but I was trained as a coach in my corporate job. So they nominated people from throughout the organization to get trained in this particular approach to coaching that I kind of call for shorthand diversity coaching. Um, And it was really about helping people who um, are reporting to each other to have a really great working relationship by getting clear about their systematic bias that they might bring into the relationship. So we're looking at our judgment about gender or race or sexual orientation or age, and getting it out on the table so it doesn't impact the way you work with each other. It was super innovative and wow, very um,
0: innovative.
1: Really, I realized now, <laughs> so ahead of the time, um, and I loved it. I just fell in love with coaching. All of the training was delivered through retreat. Um, it was extremely stressful. For me, because up until that point, I was, um, you know, I was an engineer, I got good grades, I did the right thing, I pleased my management, I like, I was like, you know, that was my mo to survive life based on what I experienced growing up. It was like, just don't do (laughs) what you see other people doing, just do the right thing and be smart and you get love and you get gold stars and approval and all the
0: checklists.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And in that training, I realized I started to, to get access to a truth, which was, um, I'm just programmed this way. It's not actually who I am. And when I started to open that up, I thought, why, why doesn't everybody not know this? (laughs) You know, (laughs) like, why is this the first time hearing of this? Why is this not taught in schools? (laughs) Um, and I did eventually leave corporate and I went and taught high school for a few years, um, where I could sneak in coaching because I was doing it in in my corporate job and it was endorsed, but it was like two hours a week, you know, and ultimately it wasn't going to change the world. And I, I started to get really discontent with spending most of my time, uh, engineering fake juice. Really changing fake the world. Juice, fake juice. Yes, fake I worked on. Find that I'm like, what is that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so at the time, Procter and Gamble owned a company called Sunny Delight,
0: and uh, that was okay. my brand
1: I worked on. So you. you know, helping parents to buy their kids more fake
0: juice. That's what that was. Okay. Yeah,
1: I learned a lot in that role, and I I still have so much respect for Procter and Gamble and everything I learned there. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I love working and I love contributing. And I was like, I'm not contributing to something that matters to me. And this coach training opened my eyes to, hey, there's something else in this you know human side of things that I really care about. And I had it, it, the pivot point was where I, I really got, commi- I got interested, I should say. Commitment came way later. But the pivot point was I was in a, a um, performance review, and I got promoted, which was great. And my boss said, um, you know, your soft skills are really great, Darla, but you might want to tone them down a bit here because they'll only
0: get you so far. And so, which soft skills were they talking about? Because when yeah. I hear soft skills, I think nurturing mother-like and like, you know, all of the that nice. Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. And like the people side of things, right? So, I would always gravitate toward projects that were actually in connection with our customers and the people who bought our products. And there were two tracks at the company and one was that, that track, right? Where we're making the connection between how people think and why they buy, And then there's the technical track where you're actually engineering the product. Gotcha. And the technical track, people who take that track tend to get promoted much faster than the people who take the people side, right? And so today, my whole mission in my work in normalizing transformation on the planet and getting more money in the hands of retreat leaders stems from that conversation, where it was so clear and, and where I got a glimpse into how we systematically reward certain skills over other skills, which is why our world looks the way it does, right? If you can Absolutely. make something faster, you know, more efficiently, more artificially, um, you get rewarded more than if you can spread love
0: so my next question for you yeah um is like did you get Procter and gamble right out of school like was that like just yeah. a quick tra- like transition for you so that was a pretty amazing first step in in yeah. the journey yeah so how well, long did you stay at Procter and gamble just out of curiosity so i was
1: there five years the first time and then actually once um so my the next piece of my pivot story i went back into corporate i was working in marketing and um, I actually got recruited back to Procter & Gamble, which never happens. Never ha- They're like a promote from within company. But this was the universe working in my favor. Like I had um, gotten divorced and my stepdad died in the same summer. And it was like that, you know, we tolerate a lot of discomfort and it, we need something to kind of get our attention. And that was it for me. Like I failed at my marriage my stepdad died, like he was diagnosed with cancer and died three months later. And life wasn't the same. And truly failing at my marriage opened the door for me to be willing to fail at a lot of things.
0: And so you're fairly young at this point, still. I was in my thirties, early thirties. Thirties at that point. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm 45. I look young. You do look young. Hey, I'm part of the forties. We're rocking the forties hard right now. Um, I'm also in my forties. So. <laughs> exactly. You're seasoning well, Darla. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Yes. So, um, because, like, kind of all of this was happening, I I got to this moment of surrender. And I teach my clients uh, I, something I call the anatomy of a transformation, which is key as a retreat leader to really understand how transformation works and how to tell where someone is in their own transformation. And this was kind of my first experience of the stage, which is pivotal, which is surrender. Because I knew, first of all, all these things that happened weren't necessarily in my control.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I had had enough training before this happened that I knew that there was something planted in here that was like, life is happening for me, not to me. Like I had that kind so of where sense. Where do you think
0: that programming came from that you
1: knew that? Um, landmark education.
0: Okay, very good.
1: Cool. Yeah, so I did, um, I had that coach training in corporate and then I did the landmark curriculum when I was a teacher because I, I went from engineering to teaching and I started having the same exact complaints. It was like everybody was equally annoying at my new job as they were at my old job. And I was like, wait, this is probably me. Like, this is my fault. So that's when I took Landmarks um, training. So I had like this sense of wisdom. But I'll tell you because, you're, you know, you're talking about the magical. Um, I was really opening up my magic, my intuition, my sense of power in the world, and, you know, ability to speak things into existence. And it was very, very scary. And that's when I met my ex and got married. It was like, I, w- I was like, right there on the cusp of this, you know, amazingness. And then I was like, oh, let's marry an addict and see if we can create some drama. And that um, so we could yeah. see
0: it's so fast at the peak of discomfort that we can call to us the very thing that will keep us in that, you know, comfort zone to prevent us from our full expansion. Like it's, it's a really powerful thing to witness once you know it, to go back and see where you can witness it in your life.
1: And you know, those moments you can look back on and you remember where you were standing and what you were wearing. And it was like one of those moments um, when I met my ex and I just, like, I can play it back and go, that's where I got hooked. You know, <laughs> that's where I went. Yes, please.
0: And invited drama right into my life. So then you were with him for how long or them? A year. Just a um, year. I'm not sure where I went with that conversation. <laughs> him. Um, a year. Yes. Only a year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was a yeah. quick filter through. <laughs> it on, was. You know, So, how I love this kind of story because, you know, you called that relationship to you to, Mm -hmm. and I I say this with love because I know that those who are listening can look into their own lives through the experiences that we have both had in order to see the reflection of what they may be going through themselves. And so, like, you saw that rather quickly as being, you know, a toxic relationship and not... I was so grateful
1: that I had had that experience and a lot of training and also, and he was struggling with addiction and my dad was an alcoholic, so he still actually actively drinks. Um, So it was so healing, Tamara, to actually get, like, I went through the whole process of rehab. He got kicked out. I stayed. I went through all the training of codependency and all of that. Oh, wow. And to be able to see and get and own and heal that... Like his addiction wasn't about me and neither was my dad's, right? So it was like this perfect divine experience for my healing and my growth. I didn't know I needed it. You know, there was a part of me that wished I didn't need it. but that's what I needed.
0: And I think because some of my listeners, because of the mental health journey that, you know, I've been with through my family and hearing your words there. And I think Mm -hmm. that that, I just want to pause here with that thought, like it wasn't my fault. Like I didn't, I couldn't save that cold codependency piece. So for anyone who's listening and, you know, from the the perspective of the mental illness and also from the perspective of the addiction, there is a a really powerful moment when you no longer take responsibility for the other person Mm -hmm. in that lens. So thank you for that.
1: Yeah. It was it was a really I remember the moment where I talked myself into getting married even though I had this sense <laughs> that it wasn't the best idea. And then I remember the moment where I said I'm choosing me. You know, when I talked myself into it, I thought, "Well, it's okay if my life isn't that great." Like I my ex had a son and I I was a stepchild, so I had you know, I it was like this whole pattern repeat of like let me you know, let me help take care of him and make his life better. It's okay if my life isn't that great. And so, in making the choice to leave, it was really this restoring myself to power and saying, actually, my life really does matter <laughs> and it really is important. And I look back on that person who made those decisions and I think, how, how am I that person? But that, that's where I was. That was what I needed to heal. To, and I believe it's, you know, people who are in this conversation, they're being called to something. Mm -hmm. And I needed to heal at that deeper level because of what I'm called to, you know, and and maybe not everybody is, but I know that was true for me.
0: And I think it's really like, I just, I'm reflecting back on your story so far. And like, even the innate knowing that you are here for the greater good of, you know, the population of earth of however we want to word it because like you were supporting people right away even in your of gamble through the retreats that you were running even though that you'd said that they were really stressful (laughs) and then you even like thinking from the level of the teacher but the awareness that you had because you started landmark right and then you know you you keep talking about the the education that you were giving yourself and the knowledge that you were and the experiences that you were doing because i know from the perspective of you know an engineer joining a spiritual anything isn't quite the <laughs> first step that you know <laughs> you take so it felt it felt, feels like landmark was a great um bridge segue yeah segue um to really starting to understand a greater relationship with you know the universe and such so can you mm. share that kind of story of like the you know, the spiritual sign. Yes. I love spiritual stories. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: I, so as an engineer, it was not easy to embrace necessarily. You know, I spoke with someone this morning who's an attorney who's kind of where I was, you know, where you're surrounded by logical linear thinkers who are, you know, asking you the questions and self-reflection from a logical linear standpoint, right? Like, how are you going to make money at that? Who's going to pay for that? And um, so, I didn't necessarily go all in saying spirit is guiding me, right? You know, and and I believe part of my purpose here is to help make the sublime practical, like that that spiritual side can be accessible to people who are where I was, where you know, it doesn't have to be this, you know, crazy woo-woo idea. Um, but I had enough little experiences, you know, in that time when I was getting divorced and my stepdad died and I was in this job, I was in corporate again, but I didn't love the job. It was easy, which was nice because my life was taking up a lot of space, um, but I wasn't passionate. And um, that's the, that was that moment of surrender. I was driving in my car and I was like, I had been thinking through all the logical ways to like get out of this situation and do something different, but my brain literally could not think of it. And I, I said a prayer in my car driving and I don't share this very often. Um, I was driving in my car and thinking through, and one of the things I was trying to solve is I had debt from my marriage and my divorce. Like it happened so quickly and my ex was like on drugs. So I just like assumed all the debt and I'm like, "I, I have the capacity to solve this. I'll just deal with it rather than deal with him. So I have this debt, and I don't know what to do, and I'm in this job that I don't really love, and it's going to take me many years to pay the debt in this job and all these things. So I'm driving down the road, thinking, 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 and then I just surrender. I said a prayer, and I felt the energy shift in that surrender, right? And then my brain, I'm a little bit lighter, but my mind is still kind of floating through, you know, ideas for solving things. And I'm thinking about something. And all of a sudden my car swerves on the highway out of nowhere, just like, and I didn't do it. And I was so freaked out. And I was like, what, what was that about? And I went back to, well, what was I thinking about when the swerve happened? And, um, what I was thinking about was all the different ways I was going to pay off debt. And one of them was to cash out a retirement fund that I had. And I was thinking about that when the car swerved and I was like, Hmm, is that a sign? And so I did. And I, I didn't have very much faith at the time in signs, but I was like, what the hell I asked, right? I asked (laughs) for (laughs) guidance and this is what I got, so I'm gonna do it. So I went and I cashed out my retirement from being a teacher, um, which paid my debt, and I was debt-free, and, um, and I was only a teacher for a few years, which so it was amazing, their retirement was great. Um, and immediately, Tamara, after I like made that transaction, I got a call, and that's when I got offered the job to come back to Procter & Gamble.
0: Wow.
1: And the pay was like 40 times more than my previous pay. And within a few months, the, the brand I was working for got bought and I got a severance package. So it was like this quick, like cash infusion from the universe. And I used the severance to go to coaching school and start my business. And it happened like that. And... Mm-hmm. In there's that so moment many, of surrender.
0: Yeah. So like, there's such a powerful thing to like say that even in that moment, even though you weren't, you know, in the level of faith you currently are, you were still in that space to receive the sign and take that uh, an action. Cause I think that that's a really important thing to know. We like in all of, of the podcast that I do, there's these moments, right? Where, you know, we receive the message. And, you know, if anyone's listening, you can see, you can hear and feel. Like, I got shivers, by the way, Darla, mm. through that whole thing, right? And that, that spirit guidance or that nudge or that, that message that came through and the willingness, the willingness to take action, inspired action on that receive. So that's powerful. So, how long ago was that?
1: Oh, 10, ten years. 10, 10, 12 years, something like that. Yeah, and that, you know, so I had a lot of those little experiences for years after that. I mean, I started my business. I got into studying universal law, um, you know, and, and manifesting, uh, though that's not my favorite word, um, and had a wait, lot wait, of miracles wait, wait, show Wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? I love to know why you don't, like, like manifestation isn't your favorite word. Mm.
1: Well, I think it's more the popularization of the idea of manifesting and the way it's taught. Um, I don't always love, right? The idea that so many people use it to make themselves wrong, right? Like, oh, I'm not manifesting because I'm not perfect enough or whatever. And what it really is, is is where the desire is present, the way is present. Like whatever it is, is there around us Mm -hmm. now. It's not like, I have to be really good and then I get rewarded by this magical God in the sky who's going to send me things. It's already there. It's about increasing our awareness and our ability to see what's there and and allow it to come in.
0: Well, and no, it was funny because when you were talking earlier, right, like you, you had mentioned something about putting, helping, you know, these creatives and these lightworkers and these spiritual entrepreneurs put the money in their right. hands. And, and I was pinged that, you know, let's mm-hmm. have a conversation about money. And mm-hmm. so it was interesting that you shared the story from the car that you don't normally share, which then yeah. kind of began this beautiful story about abundance of money in your life. Because, you know, I think that this is a huge conversation that isn't talked about enough.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Which yeah. The acceptance of money into our lives. Yes, <clears throat> yeah, we don't we don't like
1: to talk about it necessarily. What I love about being a business coach and why I continue to be a business coach when there's a lot of different types of coaching is um, our money is such an amazing mirror for how open our channel is and what we're willing to receive
0: and. For Can you elaborate me, on that for some people because they're probably like, yeah. "I'm open. I swear I'm open," but I don't see the yeah. reflection of that. And I, you
1: know, I don't know that everybody's mirror is is money because mm-hmm. not everybody's in that conversation, right? right? But if you step into the conversation about money and value, um, it's such an amazing mirror. I I did an event once where I put up a PowerPoint slide of my income, you know, and it was. I don't know which direction this video is going, but it was, you know, like a roller coaster generally trending up, but you know, dips and um, peaks and valleys. And I could point to exactly what happened in my life at Like what healing I needed every time my revenue dipped, like I could tell the story of what happened in that moment. Um, I love that. It's a great reflection to look at where we need to grow because and this is part of what I teach my retreat leaders with, you know, the anatomy of a transformation and the first piece is discomfort. And we are amazing at tolerating discomfort. Like, you know, we might um, have loose boundaries and people are taking advantage of us, but we really like them and we want to be a good person. So we'll tolerate that or our genes are getting too tight and we know we, you know, either need to, change something about our health or get new pants, right? But we're really good at tolerating discomfort. And we do this in so many areas. But if you're running a business and your revenue dips, it's not something that you can just tolerate, right? Because you're going to have to fire people or (laughs) like you have to do something. So it's a great way to, you know, for life to get our attention, in so, terms of, you know, the idea of having light workers earn more. To me, this is about a bigger societal conversation. And this is, I, I think this conversation I had with this um, attorney earlier this morning is perfect. And she shared a story, which I won't get into, about, you know, an industry she's in where they're making these decisions that make no sense societally, right? Like, human beings are hurt by the decisions that are made, but they're all logical decisions, Mm. right? So our Mm. left brain linear logical mind can rationalize anything. We can rationalize why it is um, such a beautiful convenience and service to sell mom's fake juice, you know, like we can rationalize (laughs) anything. (laughs) Um, And, We value that, right, as a society. Like, how do you do things faster, better, quicker, more efficiently? Um, And we pay for that. And yet there's such stigma about paying for transformation Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and healing and support, right? It's like such a a place where people price compare and there's a limit in people's minds to what they'll pay for that. But it's the very thing that is like our lifeblood and people continue to allow themselves to be underpaid for that magical work. Agreed. So, So it's a bigger, you know, it's a bigger conversation about what it represents in terms of what we value in the world.
0: Well, and I, I have just come into like wanting to talk about money on the, on the regular, because I think that yeah. it's been really interesting to notice when you, you ask people what they desire or what they want, and they have this like innate sense to say like, oh, it's not the money. It's, you know, the experience. Yeah. It's not the money that I desire. It's, I want to help, you know, with mental illness. I want to support the community. It's not the money. Yeah. It's, you know, whatever And it's like, why can't we say with love that money is simply energy and we desire money? Like, you know what I mean? We need the money to support, you know, and and fund the movements we're here on this earth to create.
1: Yeah, exactly. When, when we have more, we can do more and I would rather have money in the hands of people with our value systems than the people who are, have more influence right now in the world because they've, been willing to receive money.
0: Mm -hmm. That's a very, very important point. I love that, Darla. Thank you. It's
1: like we get to hire people to work in their brilliance who can come to a loving work environment and not a toxic work environment, right? Like that alone is very motivating to me. Um, Yeah. So we won't be willing to receive it if we can't speak about it. And sure. we can't give it love and attention. And, you know, I I still have my own growth to do because I've recently gotten a vision of where I'm going and it's like, wow, a lot of money needs to flow through me to make that happen, right? So there's a whole, there's always a new level and the more quickly you become willing to receive, spirit says, yes, we can work through her.
0: Yes. Yes. If we're not yes. willing, we can't get more, right? When I do, one of the principles that I think is so important is like, we need to create the space within ourselves. Like, so what does that next level look like? What is the work that I need to do within myself to hold that and to let that flow through me at a bigger, bigger way, right? And so like you being able to take that capacity to these, these beautiful humans that are running these retreats. And so can you explain, was it because of the retreats that you were running in Procter and Gamble that led you to kind of have the affinity to serve on that space in that level? Yeah, a lot of my
1: transformation came through retreat. Like that's how it was delivered to me. So I have that love. Um, I think a lot of us are being tapped on the shoulder with this vision of, leading groups in transformational experiences. And part of it is because it works. So, you know, when we're paying a coach, so I'm a coach, I'm trained as a coach. I love coaching. You know, some people come into the work of retreats and they don't like coaching necessarily. There's some other thing that's pulling them. For me, I'm a coach. I love, you know, I I love transformation. I love possibility. I love, you know, transforming beliefs, all of that. Um, In one-on-one coaching, we can have major transformation. And when you're in a group, it's deeper, like something different happens. Because when you're paying someone to be your coach, there can be some part of you that goes, yeah, but I'm paying you. And of course, you have to like me, you know, (laughs) or something like that, right? Whereas because a lot of our transformation and our healing is these deep beliefs that that we think are shameful and we think we shouldn't share and we think no one else has, and we think people wouldn't like us if they knew. And, and so in the group context, when some other person who happens to be on this retreat can hear and see and witness and love us, and they have no vested interest in it, there's something deeper that transpires. Um, one of my favorite quotes is by a guy named Kurt Wright, and he says, as a human being, we can't accept a part of ourselves that we haven't shared with another human being and had validated rather than violated.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. That hit me right down in the sacral today. <laughs> I just want you to know that. Awesome. Yeah,
1: because, you know, we we're violated growing up, whether we have, you know, a uh, what we would deem to be abuse or, you know, a physical violation were violated in so many ways when we um, put our, you know, be our full selves and are the people who, you know, we came into this world to cho- chose to raise us, can't be with it, right? And shut yeah. us down or judge or redirect or whatever, want what's best for us that doesn't look like what our soul really wants. All of those incidents, are violations that we hold and think something is wrong with this part of me Mm -hmm. and I can't share it. And so the retreat is just a beautiful container because it's experiential. Mm -hmm. So we can put people into scenarios that their ego mind hasn't predetermined how they want to behave because we don't know what's going to happen, right? It's experiential. Whereas in most of our life, uh, myself included, right, we – design everything to be in control. Like I know if I, you know, I know what, how to show up for a podcast interview. And I know I have my lights on and I know, you know, (laughs) this, this is likely to happen because of it. Like we, everything is designed to create control. So the retreat puts us out of the place where our ego mind has already pre-decided how it's going to go. It helps us see something we haven't seen with witnesses. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's why it's such powerful healing.
0: And I'm going to add in that it also adds an emotional value to it as well Mm. that will anchor the transformation that we Mm. wouldn't normally have if we didn't have that emotional connection to it as well. It's, to me, experience, especially in a transformational space such as this, is is almost always tied to emotion, right? Whether Mm. we, like, I cannot remember a single retreat. Like, I just came back from one this past weekend where I'm like, you know, you just come back and you're like, I have a new level of being because of the emotion yeah. that I allowed myself to feel through in such a short amount of time in this very, yeah. very specific container.
1: Yes. Yes. Can you say more about that? How you've, cause you know, you're w- working with your clients transformationally too. What role have you seen emotion playing? Well,
0: I think that in order for us to fully, you lean right in here, in order for us to fully like, I love it. Feel like the the power of the full circle. So I always say like we we begin a process or we go into something where we currently are, homeostasis, whatever you want to say, right? Mm-hmm. And by choosing to go to a retreat or choosing to have a particular experience, we are already in our minds, we have an intent. We already have an intention of what we would like for the retreat to like what would like we would like to have. or the experience or whether you admit it or not it is happening on the subconscious level right and so for me it's like these beautiful like how quickly are we willing to surrender the control and enough yes. to feel that feeling through. So we get like, normally I walk into a retreat, sit down. I'm like, okay, I have this preset intention. And then Im- immediately I'm receiving the emotional value to that because that was what I showed up ready to experience. Yes. And so if just keeping in that state of surrender, staying in that moment, being open to be as vulnerable as possible and to lift each other in that vulnerability and to show that unconditional love. It's like you get to have this Container where that experience and that emotion travels around the entire gambit you have the, the permission and the freedom for full expression so that you can leave there with that space again of like having gone full circle and back to your being again but having experienced and released and let go along the way mm. so that's like kind of like the yeah. symbolic feeling that uh, those containers feel like for me and it's very much tied to the emotion you're allowing yourself to feel
1: that's awesome Yeah, I love that. And if anyone here leads retreats or has ever wanted to and gone to fill a a retreat and it's like harder than you thought, for example, um, which can happen, it's because of that exactly. When someone's making a choice to come, they're opening this sacred container. And so it's not just like, oh, how much is the retreat? They're not making just that judgment on what the investment is. It's like, I'm going to travel. Um, People are going to know I'm doing this because I might post on Facebook so that I'm visible in it, um, which is scary, right? Mm -hmm. Because now people start to ask you and question, well, what what was that about? Um, But they're making an emotional and energetic commitment to allowing this transformation to take place. And it starts the moment someone registers, which is why people – procrastinate it right like oh yeah I'm gonna come or I wanted I'm interested but they wait um, and it it does it opens that up where I don't know if you've had this experience but I know I I did especially like when I was doing landmark that's all you know I don't want to call it retreat but it's all live experience based it's um, a container
0: so we'll just call yeah, it. yeah
1: yeah when you know leading up to a retreat things always happen, right? It could be like magical, amazing things. It could be like shit hits the fan in your life. Um, you know, people get sick, people die. Like I've never had a, a participant die, but like people in their life will pass away yeah. or like um, some, something happens, which is bubbling up the thing that, that needs attention and needs transformation in the retreat. Have you had that happen for you where like, Always week before or the you know right when you register, it's like, oh, and then this happened.
0: Of course, I even I love to talk about that with my clients as well, right? Because, but I, so so off topic, but slightly on topic is like, um, even at one of the retreats I, I ran last August. One of my participants' fathers passed while well in the retreat, like yeah. while she was present, and having you know that experience of choosing because like there's a level in which you get to in spirituality where I probably don't see death the same way as everybody else. Right. Because I see it as a rebirth day, if you will, um, going back to this beautiful consciousness that I came from. And so the gift involved in that, like I see somebody's passing, especially near a a monumental transformation, such as a retreat as a gift of their energy for your transformation. Mm. Right. But we don't often see it that way as like, uh, you know, an added, you know, expansiveness. Um, but a hundred percent we will our energy or our ego, because our ego is as soon as you feed it, one thing will feed a whole bunch more. Um, we'll find, we'll look for the ways to keep us in the space that we know in our known, you know, comfort level. Um, So, but a hundred percent, even when I started writing the book with Angela, she was like, you guys are going to have, you're going to get infestations of like things in your house. You're, you know, (laughs) it's going to be all of these things because you are about to level up and your ego is going to do whatever it needs to do to keep you safe.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. What a gift that she was there and could have that framing of the passing before going back to her family.
0: Well, and it was really interesting because like being in that container created a whole other level of conversation that when we were doing some work as a group, instead of doing the work that was the group work, she had this beautiful channel experience where she wrote out what she would say at her father's funeral while Mm -hmm. sitting in that energy. That's awesome. Retreats really are that powerful. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes, and for anyone listening, if you're like, oh my gosh, how would I handle it if someone's, you know, dad died on retreat? That's actually happened on one of my retreats too, and it was really divine, like, timing. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's where we want to be masters of our own um, philosophies and belief systems and energies and, like, not be closeted about this because you want – to be able to be totally free to own that at the retreat, right? When something is coming up in someone's life and you know, oh, wow, this is beautiful, perfect timing. But society would say, oh, we should be sad and grieve, mm-hmm. right? As the leader, you have to be strong enough to own your beliefs and really offer that and contribute that to your participants.
0: So, so- but that's, an, that's another conversation completely about like the level of, of living into, right? your being, like being your being and then inviting others into that knowledge and that experience with you. And I think that you did a beautiful job of touching on that, right? Exactly. Can we we geek out for a second? Sure. Let's talk spiritual laws. Where did you start to like Mm. uh, lean into that? Yeah.
1: You know, it's funny. I was thinking of like what I would want people to get about that, the spiritual journey for me. So, gratefully, when I um, started my business, I, one thing, you know, miracle, and I ended up in this event, this business training event, where they offered a coaching program. And the person leading the event um, was coaching people at the microphone. And so much of the way he was coaching I was like, oh, my God, that's what I do. Like, he does what I do. Um, but then I was like, well, but he's actually doing it. And I'm, like, really undercharging people and not paying my rent. So actually, I don't do that. <laughs> but that's what I want to do. Um, <clears throat> so I ended up joining their program and, and becoming part of a mastermind. And a huge part of it was universal law. So I'm so grateful that that was my first choice I made, as a business owner, to invest in that training because it, it has made a world of difference in how I see things. And, um, you know, I, in my, in my high-level program with my clients, I have a course on universal law, like my take on it. And like, I, I um, think it for me, it is the thing I go back to as truth, right? And universal law, like they're all mirrored in nature. So, if you wonder like, is this a crazy idea that we humans have made up and it's bullshit, you can go to nature and like nature isn't, doesn't have an ego. You know, the rest of nature isn't trying to manipulate or control or anything and you can see these things mirrored in nature. So for me that something in the way it was taught to me, my own study of it, my own experiences and then tying to nature made me say, this is truth actually, like these laws are truth, like I resonate at the core of my being. And that's how I made decisions. And I still make decisions. In the beginning, though, it was much harder. (laughs) right? So it was like, okay, even though my rational mind would say, making this decision, like maybe to invest in something like that mastermind, you know, is going to take me this long to pay off in a logical linear way of thinking. Um, I know, you know. Universal law says there's the law of polarity, where there's a de- desire, there's a way, right? There, a, a desire for something can't exist in a greater realm than than the way possible for it to come through you, right? <clears throat> Our debt, for example, is just a mirror of um, the level of earning we're supposed to be having <laughs> that we haven't received yet.
0: Ooh, that's a fun little, can you kind of just repeat that so everybody can hear yeah. that? Again? Yeah, no, it, it all ties back to where
1: the debt came from, right? So if we're spending to fill a hole, because we're, you know, we're unconscious, and we're just like, well, maybe buying things will help me feel better is a little different than I know I desire a life At this level I know I desire to have this kind of support in my life Um, and we're investing in that way but we're not receiving the money that is you know that mirrors that right yeah right because the law of polarity right left right up down debt income right Um, it's telling us because sometimes people we Like we get the desire of like, oh, I want to live a more abundant life. And I would like to not scour the travel sites to find the best deal on a flight, for example. Like I want to just be someone who just goes, here's where I want to go, click and buy, right? This is a common thing in our world, right? When people are traveling to masterminds and retreats and things and like trying to get the best deal and staying at the hotel down the street and like, okay, I want to be a person who just – does what I want. Yes. Right? It's that simple. Um, sometimes they put it on a credit card first and then the money comes, right? So that's just showing you this is the level that Spirit is calling you to live at. Right. Now we've got to clear whatever is in the way of receiving that money. You know, ideally before, <laughs> but sometimes, you know, it's like the de- declaration to the universe to say, yes, this is my yes, show me how, right? Show me where the money is that matches this desire.
0: And I think what you're saying is really powerful because it's like you're asking the universe to show you how, not you are, you know, getting hyper like constrained on the how, hyper focused on the how, like there's a surrender on some level to the how, right? You're allowing it to be a co-creation as opposed to, you know, that, Mm -hmm brain of thought that it's, I have to figure this out. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, I can tie
1: back to when I cashed in my retirement, right. And that message I got that my logical brain was like, no, you don't do that. Like you're going to pay extra to take that money out early. You're losing money. Like that, like all of the traditional advice was there yet. That was the message. Right. So what happens is just say I decide I want to go to a retreat, since that we're talking about that, because I know there's some transformation there for me. I'm going to put it on my credit card. I'm going to trust the universe that the money will come. And then the universe says, okay, here's where the money is, right? And then we don't listen. We talk ourselves out of it because of all of these rational Things or whatever, we don't listen. We're afraid. We're nervous. We don't show up. We don't follow through, and that's where kind of um, it can start to break down for people.
0: Well, somebody I was talking to recently um, made a very bold statement. They're like, "If you say yes to something, like if you say yes, and I want everybody to hear this, oh, to a retreat, to a coach, to you know, some level of transformation for yourself, it's because the money is there." Exactly. Right. And so it's just simply tapping into it and allowing that to flow into your business and into, you know, how you serve. And I think that that's a really powerful thing. If you're thinking about, you know, even listening to Darla right now and you're like, holy crap, I love her. Like, I love the way she's speaking. I love her journey. It's very close to mine, like however it is. And then And, you know, you reach out and I want to have that conversation a little bit, too, because, you know, you're going to reach out and it doesn't matter who you're reaching out to. There is going to be a cost involved with working with them. Right. And to to no matter what, if you feel that vibrational match to trust that whatever the level of in- like pay out that they're asking you for that you will feel the discomfort of that but the knowing that if you have that inclination or that nudge or that experience to do the work with that person it's because that level of income is waiting for you
1: yes and and know that surrender will be part of that journey because if your mind you know if you already knew how to get the outcome you would have gotten it. So your ways of doing things, you, there's a surrender to allow spirit to show you. And it's probably going to be in some way that is different than the way you operate now.
0: And it's going to scare you. Exactly. <laughs> it should exactly. be wildly uncomfortable because if it's comfortable, it's not unknown enough to create the newness to become that person.
1: Exactly. And I just for, for people listening, I'm going on 10 years of business. Um, you know, my first year, we can't really count because I was really undercharging and scared. Um, but, <laughs> but nonetheless, I was still in business. Um, but I started studying universal law and operating as if it were the truth, right, in that kind of first to second year. And now I'm on year 10, and it hasn't let me down. Like there's never been a moment where I've said, oh, this – this really doesn't work. Like, this universal law is, is shit, you know. It has continued to support me in decisions and things that could be viewed as mistakes. Like, I've been supported by the universe, both financially, energetically, like, with messages, with love and support. Um, and it, it like, it makes me so emotional to think about, because... That was not the context I was raised in, right? Which is life is happening to you and you just wait around until someone gives you a break.
0: And I think that, you know, it's interesting because you said something that hit me and I think it's really powerful. It's like when, we, when the veil is lifted for us, when we can see that there's a whole other world that nobody seems to notice or be part yeah. of and that it's, it can be beautiful and there can be ease and there can be flow and love and light and playfulness and all these kinds of things. Yes. And you're going to want to shout out it from the rooftops. You're going to want to like yes. get everybody on board. You're going to be like, don't, don't, you don't have to do this. You can come and see the world this way. And not everybody mm-hmm. is ready <laughs> to see yes. it that way, but to celebrate it when you do.
1: Yes. And don't be afraid to, you know, we started talking about transforming out loud. Like don't be afraid to share because you don't know who you'll impact. Who's on the precipice. You know, don't be afraid to share. Like today, I sit with my soul every day and allow it to speak to me. You know, when I started, that was unfathomable. Unfathom- you know, the spirit had to swerve my car on the road <laughs> to get my attention. Like,
0: well, we talk so about much, one of the possible. things, right? We talk about the, the feather, the brick, and then the MAC truck, right? Like, you are constantly exactly. being guided to your soul's purpose like to your stardust and you know if you just ask to see just ask to be led like it's happening anyway you'll get the signs and they might come in the form of discomfort of epic levels like you know i think of some people who get into accidents to realize or have near-death experiences to realize and like you know Mm -hmm. what i mean but we are constantly being guided into our truest like version of ourselves our most authentic light. Yeah. I love you. This was like a beautiful conversation. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you for your work in the world. Thank you for not being afraid to speak truth and talk about stardust and, and make it accessible for people. Um, and I know I, I just, it, it took me a long time to really own for myself that I see ahead and that I am an innovator And, you know, I was in innovation and in corporate and all of that, but it was in a structure, right? So it took a long time to really recognize it. And I just want to mirror back to you, you know, this conversation that you're having is the direction that the world is going. Like, I have absolute certainty about that. How long it takes depends on, you know, how willing we each are to speak our truth in the face of no agreement, in the face of, you know, the logical or patriarchal world that might tell us, you know, these are the rules. Um, But thank you for innovating and being willing to put yourself out there so others can be brave enough to stand up.
0: Thank you. That means a lot, as you know. Um, And I'm so happy to do this with you, right? Yeah, likewise. Right? Like it takes us all going out and being willing to live into our truth and no matter what, like no matter what, because there's no something bigger that we are here to do than anything that the world yeah. is going to tell us against yeah. that. And anything that shows up that seems to be in um,
1: contrary to that is just making you stronger.
0: Yes. Yes, and it's funny because I have like all these sayings. As uh, coaches, we create these, these like little – there's a level of we dip low before we grow. That's my little <laughs> – Say that again. We dip low before we grow. Yes. <laughs> right. We have that level of like, okay, what's next? And then there's always a beautiful breakthrough at the at the end of that. So one yeah. thing I do like to ask. Darla, because I think it's a really positive I'm a book nerd, I'm a geek, I love all the Mm. information. Without thinking too much about it, whatever comes is the right answer. If you could give a person a book that you know you read that was transformative for you that they might vibrate with when they hear it from you. Yeah.
1: I uh, love the book. Um I quoted from it earlier. It's called Breaking the Rules by Kurt Wright. And I think it's pretty obscure i was it was a signed reading when I was in coaching school, and I just devoured it like it's falling apart. I quote it often um, so just to give people Ooh. something that they might not otherwise come across. it's really amazing.
0: oh, I love that I love that already I'm like I must read this That's he so studied funny. here's
1: the context he studied companies that are on a roll versus companies that weren't, and looked at companies that um that had consistent like breakthrough year over year earnings versus ones that had a really big year and then the next year tanked. So it's really specific. And I'll give the, the punchline is the difference he saw is the companies on a roll focused on what's working and did more of that. Mm. And the other companies focused on gaps or things to improve. And that was the difference. And it sounds very practical and logical, which I guess reached me when I read it, but it's very spiritual, like the, it, it's all about healing and about how we work as human beings. And it's really amazing.
0: I love, thank you. I love yeah. that. I'm like, I'm totally invested in this already. <laughs> um, and Darla, if anybody is like, obviously I love you and, you know, they're going to feel that same level of love towards you. How can they reach out and find you and connect?
1: Yeah. So I am on social somewhat, uh, Facebook and Instagram, um, just as Darla Ledoux. And then I also have a podcast, Retreat and Grow Rich is the name of our podcast. And I would love to bring you on. We're going to do a series coming up about um, spirit in retreats. So oh, I would I love, love to have you for that. Um, and um, we also, I also have a what I call the Retreat and Grow Rich Starter Kit, which you can find over at retreatandgrowrich.com forward slash kit. And it's five steps of getting started on retreat. So it's who, what, when, where, why, Who's, who makes great retreat
0: leaders, what do you do at your retreat, when should you host it, um, where, where, What a great gift that is. And I will make sure that that link goes into the show notes as well. So everybody can get their buttocks over there and get that list immediately because what a game changer that is. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And so guys, I, again, I am so honored to be able to share your your Stardust with everybody because I yeah. again I I just loved being in your essence in your light through this mm-hmm. conversation with you guys I now put like the videos wow. on YouTube so anyone can go over if you want to like see and feel because I always think that there's a level of like uh, watching people is really powerful and like yeah. you know when you leaned in when you got excited and like there's just something that happens right when we can see it, the experience as well and if you know, we will see you and hear you next. Tuesday for Transformation Tuesday. Thank you again, Darla.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Tamara. Have an amazing day. You too.